Take your Bibles with me this morning. Joshua chapter 8. Joshua chapter 8. Joshua chapter 8, I did some digging this week and I found that the average adult makes approximately 35,000 decisions per day. Think about that. Now that's the average adult. Some of you, I'm not sure, never mind. (laughs) The average adult makes approximately 35,000 decisions per day, so it is assumed that most people spend around seven hours per day sleeping. And therefore, you're thus choice-free. Okay? You don't make many decisions while you're sleeping. At least you shouldn't. So that means that makes roughly 2,000 decisions per hour or one decision every two seconds. Every two seconds, you're making a decision. Right now, you're making a decision whether you're going to listen to me or not. The fact is this. We are constantly making decisions, whether or not in the morning to get out of bed or not. That's the hardest one for me. Deciding to take a shower or not, you should. Deciding what to eat for breakfast or to not eat breakfast at all. Deciding what to wear. Deciding who you smile at. Deciding who to avoid. Deciding what to listen to. Deciding how fast you will drive to work. Deciding what route to take. The list can go on and on and on and on and on. But I want to take you back in our story to the valley of decision. Six months ago, we studied two mountains. The two mountains were called Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. Mount Ebal represents what we would call cursing. And also, Mount Gerizim represents blessing. It is in this place that Joshua decided, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It is also in this place that the woman at the well would choose Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. So if you will, this is the place of decisions, the valley of decisions as we called it six months ago. But this is the place where we find the children of Israel now. That passage that we looked at in Deuteronomy was kind of a foreshadowing Of what was going on, but this is where they are now. Achan had just committed trespass against the cursed thing. That's a fancy way of saying he stole something he shouldn't have stolen, and God cursed him. The children of Israel went up to fight Ai, and because of what what Achan had done, they lose the battle. The sin of Achan is dealt with and destroyed. So, Joshua chapter 8, God tells Joshua now to go up. And fight against Ai. In fact, it's a wonderful story on how they do it. And if you want to see military strategy at its best, here it is. Some of the, or excuse me, half of the men come in from the north. And the other half come in from not the east, but the west. I almost said that. They come in from the west. Okay, so the other guys are coming in from the west. The other guys are coming in from the north. The guys that are coming in from the north are going to stand and fight. Or so it seems. And the other guys, they're going to hide over here in the West. 
They come up to the city of Ai from the north, and these guys basically start to fight, and the men of Ai come out, and all of a sudden Israel from the north begins to turn around and run away, just like they had before, because they were beaten before. And so Ai then obviously uh, 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 begins to pursue after them and said, we're going to beat them again. So they bring out all their men out of the city. Everybody goes out and they start running north toward those guys who are now running away. While all that's happening out there, the guys from the west slide into the city, destroy the city, and then the men from, of Ai turn around and go, oh no. And these guys now that are in the city turn around and start going back out to Ai. And now Ai is completely surrounded by the children of Israel. Well done, gentlemen. Amazing. No, no Israelite dies in this. So Ai is completely destroyed. God gives them a wonderful victory. It's a great story. But I hope it's pretty easy for you to see that when there's sin in the camp, there is defeat. When there is no sin in the camp, then there is victory. Now the children of Israel are faced with an interesting set of circumstances to which they now must make a decision. Go to Joshua chapter 8 and look at verse 30. Joshua chapter 8 and verse 30. The Bible says this, Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones, over which no man hath lift up any iron, and they offered thereon burnt offerings unto the Lord, and sacrificed peace offerings. And he wrote there upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. And all Israel and their elders and officers and their judges stood on this side the ark and on that side before the priests, the Levites which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord as well as the stranger, as he that was born among them, half of them over against Mount Gerizim, and half of them over against Mount Ebal, as Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not, before, the con before all the congregation of Israel, with the women and the little ones, and the strangers that were conversant among them. Now, how many of you saw the decision that was made there? Good, because there wasn't one. There's no decision made here. There's no important decision made here. But what you don't understand is we need to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 27. And this gives us everything that's going to be said or much of what's going to be said. So go back to Deuteronomy chapter 27. Shouldn't be terribly far for you. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 27. Look at verse 9. The whole chapter is about this moment. Moses is saying, when you come into land, this is what you're going to do. We're just going to read a small portion of it, verse 9. Deuteronomy 27, verse 9, the Bible says, And Moses and the priests, the Levites, spake unto all Israel, saying, Take heed and hearken, O Israel. This day thou art become the people of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt therefore obey the voice of thy God the Lord thy God, and do his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day. And Moses charged the people the same day, saying, 
These shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people when ye are come over Jordan, Simeon, and Levi, and Judah, and Issachar, and Joseph, and Benjamin. And these shall stand upon, upon Mount Ebal to curse Reuben, Gad, to curse Reuben, Gad, and Asher, and Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. And if you continue down, you see in verse 15, Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image, an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and putteth it in a secret place, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. And it continues. Here's what I want you to understand from all of this. Very confusing, but here's what I want you to get. The idea was they would stand, half of them on Mount Ebal, cursing, you see the tribes there, and half on Mount Gerizim. You see, and for a blessing, you see the half of the tribes there. The idea was this half would look at the other half and begin blessing the people. Here's the blessings you will get if you follow the Lord. Here's the blessings you get if you obey his word. Here's the blessings you'll get if you make God your God. Now understand, the other tribes, their responsibility was, cursed be he that doesn't follow the Lord. Cursed be you if you don't do this and you don't make God your God. And so there's a blessing and a curse. And if you'll remember back from that message, Moses said, I present to you today a blessing and a curse. Choose who you will serve. So the decision is very simply this. Whether you serve God or not. So I want to give you this message that I've entitled, Deciding to Move Forward. Deciding to Move Forward. I have heard over and 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 over again. Just decide to follow Christ. Just decide to live for God. In fact, we even sing songs like, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. So let me give you this. Just decide to follow him. Just decide to follow Jesus Christ. And I completely agree with this. I completely agree that we need to decide to do this, but I have to ask myself this question. Is that it? All I have to do to change my life is to just decide. Just decide to follow Jesus. Is that all there is? I just have to decide once that I'm going to follow Christ, and that's the end of it. How many of you would agree that's all you have to do? Well, you got a, a couple. The answer really is no. I understand that thought process. I understand this. But let me give you this. Write this down. Daily decisions develop our lives. Daily decisions develop our lives. In reality, the big decisions that we make don't really mean anything if the daily decisions are not in line. Listen, I can make all the decisions I want in my life, but if I don't make decisions daily the way that God wants me to make them, then my life will not be what God wants it to be. The children of Israel are making a huge decision in their story right now. They're choosing who they're going to serve. They're going to be either blessed or cursed. And listen, when's the best time to give an example? To teach a lesson. When you have a real life example, right? I mean, Achan just died because he disobeyed God. And they lost a battle. 30, 36 other men die with him. 
and his family. And now the sin is out of the camp. And so now they win, they're blessed. Listen, it's very easy to see what's going on. So they're making a huge decision in their lives. But was that it? Is that the only decision they ever made? No. They are making a decision in front of the congregation of Israel that collectively they will serve the Lord. But I want to give you this morning four statements. Four statements regarding decisions. Number one, decisions determine direction. Decisions determine direction. Okay, understand. The children of Israel have just made a decision for their direction. They just decided that they are going to follow Christ in everything that they do. They are going to pursue God. They are going in the direction of God. They have seen what going in the direction of self brings, ache and dies. Who wants to go in that direction? Nobody. Nobody wants to go in the direction of death. We're, we're not stupid people. We're very intelligent Wonderful, smart people. Nobody wants to go in that direction. We want to position ourselves toward God. So for the sake of today, this direction is going to be toward God, okay? Just in case I mess up, somebody can correct me. This is the direction toward God today, all right? In the summer of 2001, I was at a youth conference that literally changed the course of my life forever. It changed my direction. On that summer night, I was in the back of the balcony, surrounded by around 5,000 people. The preacher began to preach on giving your life to Christ. And I remember sitting there thinking, I need to do that. I need to give my life to Christ. We were right by the air conditioner. And guess what? It didn't work. It was so hot in that building, I remember that. So hot, and I remember sitting there thinking, it's hot in here, but I need to give my life to Christ. And I remember going down to the front of that balcony, getting on my knees and saying, God, whatever you want me to do, I will do with my life. I remember that like it was yesterday. I remember staring at the carpet below me while I was praying, just saying, God, if you want me to preach, I'll preach. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Guys, listen, that changed the course of my life. That changed the direction of my life. Decisions determine direction. There are many of you in here today that I would guess had some sort of a similar story. At maybe a youth conference or in church or somewhere in your life, you have made a major decision that has changed the course of your life. Let me ask you this question. Do you have the same direction today that you had that day? Let me ask myself this question. Do I have the same direction that I had that day when I was 12 years old as I do now when I'm 31? Do I have the same direction? Do you have the same direction when you were whatever age and you made a decision to follow Christ or, or, or do what you needed to do in order to keep uh, in line with God? Let me ask you this question. Did the children of Israel ever turn away from God again? Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. What happened? H how did they get there? How did I get to a place where I'm no longer in the direction of serving God anymore? How did I ever get into a direction where I'm not? How did I get where I'm not supposed to be? What happened? Some things, sometimes, excuse me, 
I think we think that if we make one decision, everything will fall into place. I just have to decide to serve God. I just have to decide. All right, I'm sitting here today, this morning, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to serve God. That's the end. That's it. Everything else will fall into place. It will just be so easy after I make a decision for God. Not exactly true, is it? Let me give you number two. Number two is this. Decisions equate to steps. So a decision, a major life decision can give you a direction, but decisions equate to steps. Again, the average human being makes 35,000 decisions a day. Decisions are steps that get you through the day. Again, this is not exactly rocket science. The children of Israel made a decision to follow Christ. And that determined their direction. But that direction must be maintained by daily decisions or daily steps. Must be maintained. From this point on, every decision that they make should be consulted by the Lord. Let me say that again. Every decision that the children of Israel make from this point on, because of the direction... They should be asking themselves, God, what step do you want me to take? How do you want me to handle this? Because God is my goal. God is the place in which I want to reach. I want to go in that direction. So if I'm going to decide, I'm going to face this direction, I'm going to decide to follow Christ, then every step I take should be consulted by the Lord. Are you with me? Give me some feedback just a little bit. Stay with me. I hope that you know the story of the children of Israel. Because in chapter 9, we're in chapter 8, the end of chapter 8. In chapter 9, guess what happens? A group of people come to them and say, we're from a very far place. And we are, I mean, look at our shoes and look at our moldy bread and look at our, our wine and all of this stuff. And it's all bad. And it's, I mean, we've just come from such a far place. And you know what? They said, make a league with us. And Joshua says, yeah, okay. You know what he did? Didn't consult the Lord at all. Happened to be a place by the name of Gibeon. Gibeon was just around the corner. They lied. They deceived. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 23, the Bible says this. The steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. And get this. And he delighteth in his way. Let me be honest with you. I have no idea what that he is. I, I don't know if the he is the good man or if it's the Lord. But this I do know. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I believe both of them delight in the way. Both of them are happy that you're going the right way. Listen, you want to be happy? You want to be knowing what God wants you to do? Allow your steps to be ordered by God. Are your decisions ordered by God? Are your, listen, are your 35,000 decisions a day ordered by God? You've got to be kidding me, Pastor Yeomans. I hope you understand, but that, that is the only way you are going to maintain your direction. That is the only way you will maintain direction. Now let me illustrate. I'm going to take a step. God, what do you want me to wear today? Okay. God, what do you want me to listen to today? Okay, God, what do you want me to watch today? 
Okay. God, what do you, who do you want me to follow today on Instagram? Okay. God, God, how should I talk to my wife today? Okay. God, how should I deal with my children who have been uh, disrespectful? Okay. God, how should I, and, and, the, and the list could go on and on. Do you understand? We need to have our steps ordered by the Lord. Let me ask you this question. What happens when our steps are not ordered by the Lord? Watch. God, what do you want me to wear today? Okay. Ooh, this looks nice. Oh, this looks nice. I'm going to listen to this. And I'm going to walk over here. And, I, oh, I like that. And, oh, I don't like that person. I'm not talking to them. Oh, that makes me so mad. And I'm going to be ticked off here. And, you know what, this just stinks. And I hate this. Do you see all this, how quickly that happened? Because what you end up doing is you end up doing what you want to do. Your steps are not ordered by the Lord. You're not making decisions based upon what God wants you to do. You get distracted and you want to follow who you want to follow on Instagram. And you want to do what you want to do on the internet. And you want to listen to what you want to listen to. And you don't even think about what God wants you to do. So you wonder... How in the world, when my direction was this way, understand your 35,000 decisions a day can quickly and easily turn you in the wrong direction? Oh, it doesn't happen fast, necessarily. Oh, you know, this music's not so bad. I mean, I'm only this far away from my current path. And you go, oh, I didn't get really that much in trouble for doing this, so let's just go a little bit farther. And before you know it, you're three, four steps away, and you think you're all right. You think you're doing just fine. But listen, your decisions are steps. They equate to steps. So let me ask you, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? My father-in-law is crazy. He told us that at one time in his life, he actually prayed and asked God, what do I wear today? He actually prayed and asked God, what direction should I take to work today? I thought he was nuts. That's dumb. Just go to work. Just put some clothes on, man. Obviously, he didn't ask his wife all that often. But his attitude was this. I just want to be in the will of God. I just want to be in the will of God. I just want to make decisions. I just want to make steps. Guys, if you will narrow things down that far to every decision you make is ordered by the Lord, guaranteed, write it down, you will delight in the way. You will delight in your way. You won't be going, oh, man, I shouldn't be doing this. Oh, man, how did I get here? Oh, man. And you're just steps constantly going, and you're angry, and you're frustrated, and you're overwhelmed, and you just can't understand why you keep going the wrong way. Can I challenge you? Turn around. Turn around and begin asking God, what am I doing today? What decisions am I making today that are causing me to turn the wrong way? Order my steps. Convict me when I'm wrong. Have you ever prayed that? Have you ever prayed, God, touch me, convict me so that when I'm wrong, I know it. This is the attitude I believe David had. David constantly walking in, in the steps of the Lord. He cuts the hem of Saul's garment. And the Bible says that his heart 
smote him. Okay, oops. Get back on track. He goes out and he says, I could have killed you today, but yet I didn't. Psalm chapter 119, verses 10 and 11, the Bible says this. With my whole heart have I sought thee. What does it say? Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart. Why? That I might not sin against thee. You know what that's saying, guys? Listen, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I don't want to sin against you. God, what does your word say about this? What does your word say about this? What does your word say about this? I want to keep your commandments. Help me not to wander. Psalm 119, verses 105. Take a look at this one. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, I just don't know what direction to take. Let's use the flashlight. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Use the flashlight. Guys, this is important. If you are doing anything outside of this, if you are disobeying this, understand you are making steps in the wrong direction. This is your light. This is your guide. So what do you, Pastor Jones, honestly, are you saying all 35,000 of my decisions ought to be based on the scripture? Yes. John chapter 15 talks about abiding in Christ. Spending all your time with him, living with him, understanding him, knowing him, letting him come into you and abiding in you and you abiding with him. And all of a sudden, you will not walk in the lust of your flesh. You'll be walking in the spirit. And you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Guys, your decisions equate to steps and that's how easily it happens. So what happens when I take a step in the wrong direction then? What happens when I mess up? What happens when I blow it? Psalm chapter 37 and verse 23, what we looked at here is the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. But the next verse is this. Though he fall. See, the Bible's so good. It gives us everything we need to know. It says you're not going to be perfect. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Listen, guys, you're going you're gonna to take steps in this direction. You're going to go, okay, God, yes. But then all of a sudden, you're going to listen to something that you shouldn't listen to. You're going to watch something that you shouldn't watch. And you're going to come over here, and God's going to convict you. And he's going to say, hey, I'm over here. And he's going to say, why don't you come this way with me? And you have a decision to make. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him in his hands. Listen, if your direction is the same and you constantly want to keep going toward there, then you will take his hand and step back over. I would love to tell you that from the time I was 12 to this day, I never did anything wrong, and I always maintained my direction. I would love to tell you that. Now, I never got involved in what we would call major sins. I'm telling you right now, I fought like cats and dogs with my mom. I yelled and screamed at her. I disobeyed multiple times. But you know what? By the hand of God, by the grace of God, he kept bringing me back. Abraham. We, we hold Abraham on such high esteem. And listen, I'm not trying to say he's not, but he's just like us. The guy made so many mistakes. 
He would go down to Egypt when, uh, when there was a famine in the land and he would lie and, and tell all kinds of lies and say, this is, this is my sister, which is actually true, but he was deceiving and he would play games with God. And, but always, 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 Abraham would end up back at Bethel, end up back making an altar to God. Psalm chapter 24, verse 16 for a just man falleth seven times, but get what? Get this. But riseth up again. Read the last part of that verse. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. A just man, hey, he's, you're going to fall, guys. You're going to mess up. You're going to not do right. But he riseth up again. He gets back in the, in the place. Gets back in the direction. That he's supposed to go. If you make a bad decision, and you will, don't be happy with your bad decision. Don't be accepting of your bad decision. Get back on the right path. Maintain your direction. I want to give you number three. The last two points will be quick. Decisions can lead to death. I hope it's easy to see in our last story for some of you that may not have been here. Achan was a man that made a bad decision. That bad decision cost 36 men their lives and also cost him his life and it cost his family his life. James chapter 1 verse 14 and 15, the Bible says this. Here's the steps, if you will. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Decisions can lead to death. You need to realize the seriousness of your decisions. <laughs> Pastor Yeomans, what I listen to on my own time, in my own car, and uh, in my headphones, that doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Hey, who I avoid or who I treat poorly, that doesn't really matter. I mean, they don't even go to this church. They're not even Christian. That doesn't matter. Oh, yes, it does. Because what you're doing is you're stepping further and further away from the direction that you've committed yourself to. Continue to make decisions that are fleshly and after your own lust that will lead to death. And it will lead you away from God. Number four. Decisions can lead to discovery. I love this. When the children of Israel made a decision to follow God, when they said, all right, we no longer want the cursing, we want the blessing. We're going to follow God. Do you know what they got to do? They began to discover physical things. I, I, I've, I was in Israel. Israel is beautiful beautiful, mountainous, wonderful. Listen, it really is a land that flows with milk and honey as the Bible describes it. It's beautiful. It's abundant. And listen, they began to explore and they began to find things and they began to go, oh my goodness, this is wonderful. And they began to discover, but not only the physical things. Can you understand this? They began to discover who God was and could be every step of the way. Listen, you look at already what they've seen. They have seen God split the Red Sea wide open and walk across on dry ground. They have seen God open up the ground 
with dew and provide manna for them. They watched quail come down. They watched water come out of a rock. They watched God do some amazing things, open the Jordan River. I mean, it just kept going and going. The walls of Jericho fell down. Listen, God is an amazing God, and he's revealing himself to them over and over and over. Decisions can lead to discovery. I want everybody to turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 21. John chapter 14 and verse 21. The Bible says this. He that hath my commandments, direction, and keepeth them, steps, he it is that loveth me. Watch this now. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will what? Manifest. You know what that word manifest means? Show or reveal. God is going to let you discover him. I, I write this down. I guarantee it. If you're in that direction, you will never discover God. Oh, 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 I didn't say you would never be saved. I didn't say that. You'll never know God for how he wants you to know him. John chapter 4 says that God is seeking for such to worship him in spirit and in truth. God is begging for somebody to find him. They that seek me early shall find me. God wants to be found, but we're too busy over here doing our own thing, making our 35,000 decisions be whatever we want them to be. We are not ordered by the Lord. And so we sit here and we wonder, God, where are you? We sit here and we wonder, why am I facing this direction? We sit here and we wonder, oh my goodness, where am I going with my life? It's just nothing. Am I just here? Or is there something more to this life? Is there something more that I could be experienced? Jesus said, I want to give you life and I want to give it to you more abundantly. Come discover me. Start taking the steps toward discovery. Start working that way. Start looking this way. Listen, you might be here today and you've never even taken the first step. You don't even know who Jesus Christ is. You don't even know what his name is or what he did for you. Listen, can I help you? Understand this alone. He loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for you. He wants to know you that much that he did that for you. Let me tell you something. You might be on a different direction, but you can get back. You can get back. Start working your way back. The Bible says that he that draweth nigh to God, I will draw nigh to him. God will meet you. No, 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 but God's not going to meet you where you are just so you can stay there. God's going to meet you where you are so you can start getting your direction back and start taking your steps that are ordered by him. Guys, every single decision of your life is important. It's a step. The children of Israel are making a huge decision here. We've all made huge decisions in our lives, every one of us probably. 
but sometimes we've gotten away from that. I'm going to challenge you to get back on. It's not a one-time decision. It's a $35,000 a day decision. Daily, moment, moment. Two decisions every second. God, how do you want me to deal with this? God, how do you want me to deal with this? You know, you know why the Bible says pray without ceasing? There's 35,000 decisions to be made a day. That's literally playing without ceasing. Continually keep going. When you follow God and every one of your steps is ordered by him, you will both delight in that way. You will begin to discover more and more about God. You will see him constantly at work in your life, in your home, in your marriage, and in ways you can never ask or think. Decide today, in every moment of every other day, to move forward with Christ.